So I've been wanting to make bread for the longest time. And Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I got to do this. I got to pull the trigger. So I was like, this weekend I am making bread. And I looked up some recipes, tried to figure it all out. I got it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to spice it up. I'm going to put my own twist on it. So I roasted garlic in the oven for about an hour. Got it all nice and juicy. It was all so chef's kiss. Okay. I took that, chopped it up, chopped some rosemary up, put it into the bread mix, mixed it all together, added some beautiful, beautiful olive oil, like not the cheap kind. Like I got some really good olive oil, put that inside there, mix it together, pop that bad boy in the oven and it was just cooking. I took it out, let it rest for 10 minutes, slicing into it. And then that first bite, dude, I'm going to send you a video. Legit. (laughs) My first bite. All you hear is just, oh my God. Oh, (laughs) instant moan of satisfaction. Like I've never had that satisfaction my entire life until I had my own bread. That's well, that's a, there's a lot to unpack in this bread in was, this bread monologue. It was amazing, dude. It was amazing. My my partner really makes bread all the time. I guess I should try it. You should, what kind what kind do they make? I, do you know? You should you should really just like I think like it's such a good experience to get in the kitchen to work with somebody, whether it's like your your partner, your lover, what your friend, whatever it is, your kids. It's just an experience that like when you're making something and you're taking raw ingredients and it comes out with something that you can actually eat and it's delicious, it just, it makes it so much more enjoyable. And I'm going to tie that right back into Star Trek because they just made this thing so much more enjoyable because they brought my man into the mix. Let's go. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 3. We're going to be discussing Episode 6, The Bounty. Yes. I am Brandon T. McClure of the Fake Nerd Podcast. With me, as always, on this trek is Cookie from Just a Little Podcast. How are you doing, my friend? How is everything going on your side of life? That's fine. It's better now that I've seen a new episode of Star Trek. Yes, sir. And what a great episode. I'm going to jump right into it. I loved this episode so much. This was the episode that brought back your boy, Jordy LaForge. Yes. Did I ever tell you the story of when I met him? No, I don't think so. Okay, so I went to Megacon here in Orlando, and I I brought my... It's actually back. You know, I'll grab it real quick. Do it. Do it. Show and tell. They got him wearing pants. That would have been bad. That would have been very bad, yes. (laughs) All right, so I have this comic book. Oh, cool! Yeah, for it is a, for uh, real quickly for audio listeners, it is the Star Trek: The Next Generation comic book, an old one, DC. Yes, this is old. This is 1989, so this is the year I was born. Wow. Yes, and this is issue number one um, of October. So it's actually two months. October, November, July. It's been a long week. All right, so can't really count. <laughs> but I was born in July. This is an October 89, but yeah. it is a wonderful book. And I took it there in the hopes of actually meeting um, Jordy. And I, I went in, I saw the line. There was like two people ahead of me and it was like day, it was Saturday, which Megacon is a four day event. So mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was there on Saturday, hopped in line. I was ready to go see him there. And he finally pulls up Brent Spiner's right next to him as well. So both of them are back to back to each other. And I was like, I love you. You're absolutely, I told him like, I poured my heart out to him, told him like how he used to watch reading rainbow. I watched star Trek with my dad. Like I had this huge bond and he was so charming. He was wonderful. 
mind you, he's a good looking guy in his age. Yes, he is brilliantly looking. And I'm just like in awe of like a hero of mine because he not only helped me to like read, but he also like really gave me this love of Star Trek very much yeah. because I saw a character in Star Trek that kind of represented me. I'm a blind kid, not really blind, but I, I wear glasses. He wore these these crazy visions, uh, vision visors, and it was just so cool to see him on there. So I'm pouring out my heart. I have him actually sign my book, and it's this signature right here. Sure, yeah, yeah, I see. You all, you have a few others in there, too. I do. So I have the uh, artist, and then I also have Brent at the top. Okay. Oh, yeah, I see Brent Spiners, yeah. So I'm going to try to get some more. Um but it, it was cool because like once I left him, I got my fist bump with him, took a photo with him. Uh, I went over to Brent and he had nobody in his line at the time. So I walked up to him and I was like, how is it being on set with like this cast and crew and coming back again for Star Trek Picard? Because at this time we all knew Picard was coming back. Yeah. And we knew that like Jordy was going to be involved in it as well. I was like, how does it feel to like be back with the old crew again? And he's like, to be honest with you, and he looks over to him. And like with the most sincerity, and I don't curse, but he's like, I hate that piece of shit so much. <laughs> and I just <laughs> lost it. And you you see like Jordy look over to him and he's like, how dare you? How dare you? And they're just laughing, having a great time. And it was it was so cool to see them connect together. And then this episode, seeing their, seeing their faces was uh, goosebumps, man. Just straight goosebumps for me. I loved it. So I'm going to do a little share with you right now. All right. Because that car pisses me off. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. I thought it was your stomach. I was like, whoa. No, that is a car every every day at different times just decides to rev his engine down the street. This is a residential. This is a residential. <laughs> God, I'm old. All right, whatever. Um, I've met four Star Trek actors. Okay. No, five. I met Ooh. Leonard Nimoy, Robert Picardo, who played the Doctor on Voyager, mm-hmm. Brent Spiner, LeVar Burton, and Marina Sirtis. Nice. Yeah, I, I used to do there, at Comic Con. There's this. Um, there was this booth. I forgot the name of it because I've I've been Comic Con in years. Um, but there was this booth that would always have like Star Trek cast members and. What when the autographs were affordable, I would be able to do it. It was like fifty dollars, sixty dollars. I think seventy yeah. was the most I ever spent on, and that was like Spock. And I was like, okay, it's Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina Sirtis, I remember having, I remember talking to, and she was like, wow, it's so interesting. I was young at the time, and Marina Sirtis was like, it's so interesting that somebody your age watched our show. That's really cool. Um, and I was like, yeah, you're gorgeous. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, I don't remember meeting LeVar, honestly, but I do remember Brent because he likes to pretend he's a curmudgeon. Yes. <laughs> um, and I just, for some reason, that's just always, that's just always resonant. That's just always stuck with me. Absolutely. But yes. Okay. So speaking of three of those actors that I talked about were in this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. You want to you want to dive into it? Let's do it. Okay, so right. this is so this episode, the bounty, um, uh, brings us to uh, brings the, a lot of the cast together. You know what we're I'm really happy that we're not on Metallus Prime anymore. Yeah. Uh, we're back in we're back in space. Rafi and Worf uh, energize on on the ship. Oh, but before that, we should talk. There's a lot of discussion about what's Jack. What what is Jack's hallucinations? He has Eremonic syndrome. Yes, he does. Just like his papa. 
Yeah. Uh, I really like the, the line of dialogue where Jack says, how'd you survive it? And he said, I didn't. Yeah. He did. Like, yeah. Very, this is a, this is a really like poignant episode for all the mystery that we've been trying to like guess and try to figure out everything yeah. kind of, for the most part, really culminated together. And yeah, everything culminated together except for who is the ultimate like big bad that we need to see. Like we I mean, know it is the changelings, but or we suspect it's the changelings, but who among the changelings is the big bad? And we still don't know, and we we now know what they stole from Daystrom Station, but we don't know why. Yeah. Um and we, and we know we still know it has something to do with Frontier Day. Um but I want to talk a little bit more about about the Armotic Syndrome reveal. Mm-hmm. Because that doesn't fill in all the pieces yet. Correct. There, there is a reason why Vatic and the Changelings want Jack. We don't know what that is, we and it can't know. be. Yeah. We can't be because of its. If it's, he's a he's a terminal diagnosis of aromatic yeah, exactly. syndrome. <laughs> and the hallucinations, I think. Did you ever see? Super, super, super deep cut. Did you ever see a show called Eli Stone? I have not. No. So Eli Stone is a sh- is a lawyer show. It's a lawyer comedy musical show about a guy who um, has an an- uh, has a brain aneurysm. Okay, but it it's allowing him to see messages from God in the form of musical performances that allow him to win his cases. What? Yes, <laughs> I'm not even over exaggerating. That is what the show is about. That sounds pretty deep. It's a really interesting show, honestly. It was really fun, and it's, it's George Michael is in is in. It's really it's really interesting, um, and like the idea is that he, the one episode he like he he has surgery to have his brain aneurysm removed, and he was cured, and uh, and he no longer gets the visions anymore. But he also needs to. But God needs him mm-hmm. to 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 do to do like good. He's a he's a good lawyer, um, like a good person, and so God makes a deal. It's like okay. I can save this person, but you need to get, you need to be my guy again. You need to have this brain aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, all this is a long winded way of me saying, I think the aromatic syndrome, while, while it is causing the hallucinations, the hallucinations aren't, I think Jack is just being more receptive to something he's seeing. Because okay. of the aromatic syndrome. I don't think it's one-to-one. I think there's something more there with his hallucinations. Because he's, you know, Rode didn't trust the transporters. But And what did Jack see when, when people were transporting off the Titan? You know, yeah. some... He I know, from going. I think it was... He saw, I want to say he what? He saw that... Was it saw the door? He saw... And he seen the, and he seen the door. I think it was... I think Mike commented this uh, uh, on, on, uh, on, our, on our video last week that... Um, Roe saying he d- she didn't trust the transporters. The transporters would be a really good way of changing of become of like taking someone off the board to become a changeling. Mm-hmm. You just keep them in the pattern buffer. Yeah, that's it. Lock them in there. And mm-hmm. so, like, it would make sense if like some of those Titan crew didn't make it to the Intrepid. Yeah, that'd be yeah. Well, do is there? Is there a pattern with Jack? Why is he? Why I ask that question? Maybe you might be able to answer it. Is in the event that these visions that he's seeing, these hallucinations that he's seeing, are triggered by something? What is common in every single moment that he is seeing these visions? Because there's sometimes where I feel like the only thing is when he's distressed. 
is when he sure. sees these visions. Because there was a time when he was washing his face and he saw the visions. There was times where he was um, kind of being held by gunpoint by the changelings, not knowing that they were changelings. Instant, he took over, had the hallucination. So it's like there are always these moments when he's in distress. So maybe it's like that Winter Soldier thing where it's like they have this secret code implanted into his brain of when you get a distress, that triggers. Maybe he's a failed experiment. Could be. But why now? Why they want him back. That's a good question. Um, there's there's still some pieces with Jack that don't quite line up. But I don't I think now that we know, he, you know he's got the aromatic syndrome, which does fit. You know, now we're kind of looking at it like, OK, we we're getting a little bit more pieces to this to this question. And, you know, my biggest thing with like season two that we talked about a lot was that like we would get pieces. We wouldn't get pieces progressively to mm-hmm. answers. We would we would get an answer and then we'd get take two episodes off and we wouldn't get an answer. But yeah. The Aromatic Syndrome is kind of the first answer we've gotten to what is going on with Jack, and hopefully the next episode will give us another one and then another one. And that creates a good uh, progression point for what I think a serialized television show should be. For sure. Um, and th- that also, like, that's a good place to just say. I think this episode was paced very well, and I think really yeah. picked up the pace of the season. I definitely, I definitely agree with you. And like I said, it's very poignant that everything kind of hit this mark here and now where we got so many answers kind of like revealed to us and there's still a decent amount left for us to go and like conclude this entire series and this the show and overall next generation cast yeah so i'm liking how everything is really flowing very well and i think at this point in time picard season two and even picard season one has been it fell off like probably episode three for us well, I think Picard season so Picard season one was a lot more uneven than Picard season two for me. There's mm-hmm. episodes like Nepenthe that I really like, and then the, some of the stuff I was I kind of like what Picard season one was trying to do with some of its its ideas. But season two, there was a point where like five or six episode five or six happened, and like it just really tanked. Absolutely. And so, so we're right about now. that time with season three. And and last week I was a little worried. You remember, I was a little worried. I was like, you know, okay, are we going to start seeing the show tank? Right. Yeah. They're going to need to try to wrap up some of these mysteries. Which is why I was so grateful that this episode <laughs> kind of kicked it back into high gear. Like, okay, yeah. now we're, uh, yeah, we got that little slow episode out of the way. Now let's, now let's go. Let's, let's yeah. give you some answers. Let's give you some Easter eggs. Boy, howdy. <laughs> so many yes, Easter eggs. Sir. We do have to talk about Jordy. Yes, let's talk about Jordy. Let's talk about Jordy. <laughs> One the thing that reveal. I really love is I love how well they've enhanced his eyes even more than the last time. And they're like mm. extremely blue, uh, robotic and digital in a sense. It was really cool. To, it wasn't like just a contact lens. It was more than just that. Yeah, I really like uh, the progression of Jordy's eyesight. I know that... Um, you know, I guess blindness isn't technically something you can solve mm-hmm. in in the twenty fifth century, twenty fourth, fifth century. Uh, but you can like enhance people's eyesight, and um, even Soren says in generations, like you could get a prosthesis that would yes make you look more normal. And mm-hmm. um, so, like there are ways, but like Jordy keeps, 
you know, yeah, Jordy got rid of the visor, but he didn't get rid of his enhanced eyesight. He, yeah. he he kept making sure that no matter what was going on with his eyes, it would keep him. It would give him that that enhanced eyesight that he has. Very very true. And I I loved how we got this introduction of him kind of kind of coming into the mix and how he he honestly he acknowledges it, saying like, I don't know if I should go and give you this warm embrace or if I should be ticked off and upset. And it's oh, like, but it's so sweet when he first sees Beverly and he, yes. and he, you know, he's, he's, he's gets on the, you can see it like in his face, like he got on the transport pad. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to, I don't know how I'm going to approach these people. I haven't seen them in many years. And then he gets on the transport pad. And he's like, eh, just give me a hug. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was so beautiful. Such yeah. a beautiful moment. I, I loved it. And I, I, I liked how he was with, with Picard. I me really too. liked his like, his demeanor, his standoffishness with Picard, it was it was it was enjoyable just to watch. Yeah, I think that he and Picard, um, well, because Jordy has a Jordy from Jordy's perspective, Picard did the reckless thing of putting his daughter in danger. Yes, and I was just I was literally just watching the Ready Room episode for this week's episode of, of Picard, and uh, they brought up something that I hadn't really that I hadn't really picked up on, but Jordy is kind of retired yeah he's he's literally just like doing nothing with his life yeah he's in i mean he's in starfleet he's a commodore in starfleet he's working at the fleet museum but outside of that he put himself outside of danger while still being able to work in in an engineering aspect because someone yeah. has to restore those ships mm -hmm. uh and still in starfleet but a place where he can protect his kids yes because he still has that that ranking that he still can hold above a lot of people. Yeah. And so his daughter, Sydney decided to go be a pilot in starships and his other daughter. Um, hmm. Don't I know even look at me. I know it's Mika Burton, but what is her, what is her, what is her character's name? <laughs> I'll it's, look it up right now. It's Sydney. Alara. That doesn't sound right. It's Mika Burton, and she plays. Anyway, while you're looking that up, um, <laughs> uh, but like, so like, he has his other kid who who stayed with him, who decided to stay on the fleet in the fleet museum with him. Alondra. Um, Alondra was close. <laughs> um, and so he's got this kid, his kid who stayed in the fleet museum with him, and this other kid who decided to put herself into danger. And you know, his kind of arc in the season in this episode is that he lost sight of the fact that this, that it wasn't the adventure. It wasn't being a reckless adventurer. It was, it was helping your family. Yes. And, and that's what, that's what Sydney has to tell him that like, I'm, I'm doing this with my crew and he says, they're not your family. And she says, yes, they are. You taught me that. Yes. And when that happened, I could not help, but like start to get choked up a little bit. And I like paused and I literally reflected. I'm like, now discovery. Why couldn't <laughs> oh, you guys do this? This is what family means. And this is how you discovery. go demonstrate family. Discovery is dead. We're still kicking it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't help myself. I literally paused and I just like reflected on that because like it was such a really good moment to see to see Jordy as a father and seeing him do whatever he can do to protect his daughters at all costs. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. It's a really beautiful one, but it's like at some point in time, 
you have to unfortunately be a parent and let your child or children go and explore what it means to be their own person. And Sydney never had that opportunity because she always wanted to be with her father. She always wanted to impress her father and get her father's approval. And even though she was not going to become an engineer, she even says it that she's like, I, I purposely went and broke my ships and did stuff because I wanted to spend time and go and fix things with you. And literally when that happened, dude, just tears, just tears started to roll down my face. I'm like, wow, so beautiful. And like, there's a lot to, there's a lot to, I think a lot to, um, unpack, unpack with the, with the LaForge family. And I'm so grateful that they, that there is, is so much too. Yeah. Uh, because like, you know, it could be very easy that they just show up and Jordy is here and blah, blah, blah. But having this, having this like character conflict with Sydney and Jordy being there because Sydney feels that Jor- that she let Jordy down or and Jordy not understanding her, her daughter, his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got this, and they got this like uh, thing of like, this like barrier that has come up between them that you get immediately as soon as Jordy steps off the transporter pad. Um, and that became very relatable to me because it's not with my father, but with my mother, okay. you know, I, I have a really difficult relationship with my mother. She doesn't understand me. I don't understand her. Um, we have, a, we have a rough relationship that, you, that like, it's a, it's a little different because I don't think Jordy's a narcissist, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's still, but it still rang true for me in some in some aspects, and that's what I really appreciate about this show and also legacy sequels in general. That you know, that we see so much nowadays that like th- these characters are human, mm-hmm. and they have flaws that you're going through also. And I think that's what's so important about modern Star Trek. And I don't mean to get up on a soapbox real quick, but I'm gonna no, no, do no, it. no. I, I'm I'm enjoying this because. It's great. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop on a soapbox and just defend modern Star Trek as a whole um, because so much of uh, of Star Trek, the original series, the Next Generation, even DS9 to an extent, but less so, Voyager, um, is is that it wasn't it the the allegory came from outside. We're going to a planet and we're dealing with allegorical stories outside, dealing with political and political drama, family drama, what what have you. It came from externally and not always from the internal. And mm-hmm. DS9, DS9 does change that uh, yeah. quite a bit. And I want to and I want to just be like, yes. But what modern Star Trek has really done is turn is is turned it up to eleven with the allegorical uh, character dramas where you can see yourself a lot more than you could originally in the characters in Star Trek. I can see myself in Jack Crusher and Sydney the Forge, whereas I couldn't see myself in Kira Norris or Jedzia Dax. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. And that's kind of what the value of modern Star Trek gives us. And I think that's what Picard season three is doing so well. I, I just to piggyback off what you're saying, 100%, 100%, especially in this show, specifically like we're we're seeing the 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 torch being passed from one generation to another and it's like next generation is literally passing the torch off to their children we're seeing it with picard we're seeing him kind of like talk about his son jack we have Riker talking about his son who passed away and also his other kids that are still here we have now jordy with his kids we have all these families and all these generations that are being passed down 
and it, it it bridges that gap of making the show about sci-fi but now making the show about the human mind and the the sociology of being part of a family yeah and i i'm, I'm really really liking that a lot because what it what it also has done is you know what we what star trek did really well the original series the movies enterprise voyager ds9 next generation i just named all of them just for the hell of it um <laughs> what they all did really well was create this idea that this that it wasn't just a crew of co-workers it was a family mm-hmm. it was you, you know i wasn't tuning into the bridge crew of the enterprise d i was tuning into a family yeah. um uh, and they all had kind of this like found family dynamic every star trek show has excelled at this it's why they're it's why oh. I'm talking about the classic ones. Okay. Um, <laughs> all the all the classic Star Trek shows excelled at yeah. this, including Enterprise. Like the idea that they were all what they nailed was because they were all ensemble shows was the idea of this found family that became important to you over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's why metatextually none of them ever left the bridge, right? Riker was on the Enterprise D for 20 years denying promotions. Yeah. Uh, Picard was a captain for 40 years. Kirk and Spock were on that ship for 50 years. Like it's the, the fact that they were on these ships for so long. I don't think that 50 year thing is true, by the way, but 40 it's years. semantics, semantics, it's 40 years, I think. But like the idea that these, these characters, these characters found their family and they stuck together and they wanted to be together forever. Um, really resonated with me as a child and was what really got, got me into Star Trek. I know I just defended modern Star Trek, but one of its failings was in doing that. Um, mm-hmm. They were not capable. They were not able to discovery, especially. I'm sorry, discovery. <laughs> I have uh, to. I have to interject. Yeah, because I think you're wrong. Oh, think about it. We have lower decks. 100% a family with those four people. True. True. We have strange new worlds. Instantly, we're already connected as a family. You're right. And I should have clarified, and I'll do it now, early days modern Star Trek. Okay, okay, all right. When it was just discovering Picard. Okay, okay, yes. I can I can definitely, because especially Picard season one did not have that connection. Yeah. And Picard season two only really had, like, data for the most part. And Whoopi Goldberg uh, was like a little sprinkle on there. She's there. pixie dust. But Discovery is still struggling with this idea of this found family. And we talked about it last with the last season where they kept talking about how they're a family, and we kept asking like, "How? What? Yeah, I don't so understand." <laughs> um, and like, I don't mean to keep kicking Discovery. The the show is canceled. It's not fair. Um, but uh, but what we're seeing now is not just Picard season three really overcorrect with the idea of like bringing back what Picard's family was, but also introducing their family that they have developed over time. Yes. Um, and not to mention, and, and a son that that Picard never never knew he had. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so Jordy, so Jordy is wonderful. Um, uh, Lavar Burton doesn't miss a beat. He not is so good in this episode. Um, the the scene between him and Shaw. Oh, it's great! It's great! It's, it's incredible! So, so classical, just perfect. Because because Shaw has been this grumpy old man to Riker and and Riker and Picard, and he's just like I'm such a big fan, Mister LaForge. I loved it. It was it. It literally looked like if Shaw just walked onto like Disneyland or Disney World for the first time and was just, what is this magical? Like I was so happy for him to actually see a genuine smile on his face. 
He was just, he was nervous too. He was like, I yeah. just wanted to say like, I'm a big fan. And like, it makes sense because he was an engineer. Like, of course yeah. you would idolize the most famous engineer in Starfleet history. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how to maybe Scotty. Um, but I, 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 I think that like, there's so much, there's so much really, really like cool stuff, but I want to talk about Picard and Jordy's conversation a lot more because again, like I said, there's just so much to unpack with it with the you know you know you know Jordy is really upset at Picard for putting for putting Sydney in danger and and um and but they still but they're still friends and they still have this moment of like you know I don't you know I I don't know what I'm doing with Sydney like like she she pushes me away and I try to connect and and Jack and Picard has to have this moment where he's like you know I've just recently been reminded that you know we don't just pass on the good stuff we pass on the bad mm-hmm and now I want to defend the last Jedi. Um, so, <laughs> and that's the that's the end of it, guys. Time to so go. here we go. So the Star Star Wars Episode Eight, the Last Jedi, is my favorite. Oh, Star you Wars were serious? Film. I'm serious. I'm th- because there's a parallel, and I'm taking the opportunity. Okay, please enlighten me. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. I'm sorry, Cookie. It's my absolute favorite. Number one. Got it. We just lost so many subscribers. Um, <laughs> I think you might have lost me. Like, come on. I love Star Wars to death, but no, we're not going to, we don't get it. We're not going to get into it today, but I, but I, I do, I do want I do just want to just want to say one of my favorite things about that movie was how legacy is also about giving, about giving the next generation the bad Yoda says it to Luke. We are what they grow beyond. Give them their give, pass on your knowledge, pass on your skills, but all, but you will also pass on your failures. failures You'll also yeah. pass on the, the things that don't work because they will learn from their from your past mistakes and they will move on from it. And that's mm-hmm. what I got from this scene, and and whether intentional or not, most likely not. I got that from that scene where I felt Picard saying to Jordy, "We are what they grow beyond," because he's telling Jordy, like we we're not we yeah we'll we we will pass on the good but we will also pass on the bad and they will grow from that that's how they grow mm-hmm. and I, I i just i just found that beautiful i found it beautiful in the last jedi i found it beautiful in this episode and don't get me wrong it, it is very sentimental i will not deny that i i i not without getting in way too deep. We're about to. This is about to be hijacked into a no, Star no, no, Wars no, 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 you're good. conversation. I I love Star Wars as a whole, prequels, sequels, originals, everything about Star Wars. I love as a whole. Bad Batch, yeah. Clone Wars, all of it. I I've, I've watched Resistance season one, season two. I loved it. I, I'm, I'm it, oh Resistance involved. is Resistance is a show. Yes, I've seen correct. That yes, yes. So I love all of Star Wars. However the sequels is the lowest star wars for me do i still enjoy them absolutely do i still own them absolutely do i rewatch them absolutely are they my favorite no way in hell but that's there's just... only one star wars movie i don't like just outright don't like don't you dare say the holiday special no i've never seen it oh don't waste your time i don't know i know why would i um, <laughs> no it is the it is the rise of skywalker that is the only star wars movie i don't like okay I, I I like it for the action, for the suspense, the drama. I mean, it's a fine Star Wars movie. It's just it's just a real it's just a, a really Star Wars movie. It's like, hey guys, remember Star Wars? Yeah, we're gonna try to do that at, again. 
Yeah, and I'm kind of like, I yeah, I I, I do. I, I kind of <laughs> wanted something more though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But to bring it back to Star Trek, when when George, I know we're like this is kind of very much Geordi centric. Yeah. But when Geordi saw, um, oh crap, not brain slip, Worf. Worf. That moment was so beautiful to me. I yeah. just I loved it. And I, I don't want to talk about the end of the the Jordy's best friend. I don't want to talk about that just yet, but I do want to just speak about like Worf and how their interaction was. And that was that was really cool. Yeah, I think I think all the reunions are really well handled because they're they're handled in a very honest way. Like it feels like they just they they filmed their interactions on set. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, I haven't seen you in so long. Give me a hug. I love when Beverly hugs Worf, by the way. Yes, and she's and they're like, he doesn't like hugs. <laughs> he's just he can tell he's really uncomfortable, but he's like okay with it. He's like, okay, I missed you too, but please don't touch me. Yeah. Um Raffi and Seven also have a moment that I thought was interesting. The the kind of like, yeah, we're kind of cool, but we're like the breakup was amicable, but we're not, but we still kind of like each other. Yeah. And Worf even tackles that that awkwardness, and he's like, when they're about to do a, a go on a mission and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, uh, I've actually been on missions before with lovers. And they're like, well, we're not going together. He's like, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> that Worf, so funny. Worf is so funny in this in this in this show. By the way, great. speaking of Worf, Worf doesn't really get a lot to do in this episode, but we have so far seen more for Michael Dorn to do in this show than we did in all four of those movies. Yes. Yes. And I just much. think that's great. His character definitely gets his due in the show, and I'm enjoying every minute that we get. And I really do love his humor, especially with Riker while they're doing the mission. Oh yeah, and so they just connect. So let's talk about let's talk about real quickly how cool it is to use the Fleet Museum and Daystrom Station as the the two halves of Starfleet. Yes. As we see both of them and they're both littered with easter eggs, but you got the Fleet Museum that's very much like this is Starfleet. This is what Starfleet is. It's happy and it's optimistic, it's exploratory, it's exploratory. And then you got Daystrom Station which is this is also Starfleet. This is Section 31. This is the deep dark places that you don't want to see. Yeah, it was like visiting the Smithsonian Museum and then going to like Area 51. Yes, 100%. That's exactly what it is. Because they, I was, again, I, was, I literally just watched the Ready Room episode, but they called Daystrom Station Starfleet's Area 51. Really? Yeah. It, it was cool. But, and then once they said, like, section, section 31, I was like, ah, here we go. Here <laughs> I, we go. You guys got to ruin a moment. Literally had that thought when Marf said they, section 31. I was like, oh, Cookie's going to have a hell of a time with this one. <laughs> I was like, son of a biscuit. Why did you guys have to do this? Like, let's just go back to like, I don't know. It just, I was frustrated. Hey, section 31 is in your favorite Star Trek show. It, it's That's where it came stupid. from. It's still stupid. It was just a stupid ploy to make some type of suspense and drama. It, I don't know. I I will I will I will agree that I think Section Thirty One has been overplayed because they were in Discovery and they were in that's Star Trek in the Darkness, um, and we saw them in Enterprise. On actually, we we saw they like before they were Section Thirty One. We saw kind of this idea of what they could what they were before. So like I I I do think that they were used well once. Mm -hmm. um and i really i do but i do like it when 
we see something like Daystrom Station, which is this black site area where they've got the Thaleron radiation from Nemesis and a, a second Genesis device. Who the hell built that? <laughs> um, and uh, an, an attack tribble, by God. My God. <laughs> With the teeth, man. That was intense. Terrifying. Um, and by the way, Riker... Riker was was making fun of Worf in that moment. Riker, yes. that thing could eat your face off. It really could. Um, but like, so 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 when we get things like this, I'm actually kind of okay with it because we're we're not seeing Section Thirty One. We're hearing about them. They're still yeah. they're still there. They're still the underside of Starfleet. But that's not what the show is about. We just need to kind of dip our toes into where they are right now before we before we move on. When I when I did hear, don't get me wrong, like I was just like, oh, really? But I am very much glad that they didn't dive deep into that at all, because I think that that's like a mystery that's left to be un unsolved. Like we don't need to know the answers of Section Thirty One at all. Just leave yeah. it be, let it be, let it ride. But I did like the fact that we saw all these Easter eggs like throughout the the area. It was just really really cool and really enjoyable to see everything. And I was really happy we didn't get a 10 forward in this episode. Yes, we did. It's in the beginning. Did we really? Yeah. Picard walks in and Jack's having a whiskey and 10 forward. Yes, son of a biscuit. You're right. <laughs> Dang it. I totally forgot about that. I thought I was like, oh, this is the first episode with no 10. Nope. You're right. Literally every episode, 10 forward has been in. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, I you know, they spent money on that bar. They spent a lot of money on that bar. They really did. They really did. So they got to get their, 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 they got to get something out of it. How'd you, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'll just say, how'd you feel about the reveal of how Starfleet has been tracking them down and kind of like Jordy and Jordy's daughter um, really like opened their eyes to seeing like, Hey, the, the world that you guys lived in back in the day, it no longer exists when it comes to these ships. These ships are all interconnected. So they're like, beacons everywhere they know where everybody is at any time they're talking to each other so there's this was also expressed in season one in season two of this very show actually when the borg queen was when the gerardi queen was taking over she was able to do it with the other ships mm -hmm. because they were all talking to each other mm -hmm. there's also in star trek prodigy not to spoil too much of that show um but something happens that um compromises the entire fleet because they're all talking to each other yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily have an issue with that. I, I do wonder why Starfleet decided to do that. And I know that Jordy says like, this was, this was like, I, I told them not to Jordy, who's been trying to be like, Hey, don't, don't put the entire fleet on display for frontier day. And don't let your, don't have your ships talk to each other. Uh, don't have all this, uh, the starships talk to each other. I do wonder why that is. Why 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 Starfleet thought it was a good idea in the first place to be like, okay, all the ships are going to be interconnected. Mm -hmm. I I'm sure there's an explanation. I can't see it though. Yeah, I can't either. I definitely can't either. And it for me, it's like it's kind of stupid. Doesn't really make sense. Right. It it it's it's but it's not stupid of like a writer's stupid. It's like a stupid on the on the side of Starfleet. Like Starfleet Correct. did something stupid and is it's it's not the first time. Yeah. Um, this was a mandate like it, for as a writer thing. I think it's kind of interesting to create that kind of like dynamic and it, cre it creates like a problem that, that the crew needs to solve. And that's all Star Trek is, is problems for crews to solve yes. um, in creative and creative, interesting ways. 
so like in universe, I'm questioning what the what what Starfleet Admiral was like. You know what would be a really cool idea <laughs> if all of our ships talked to each other, right? All of them at all times. Yeah, that's yeah. And like they do say that it's like it needs to be within a certain radius, which is why they can, which is why they're finding the Titan, um, because they got close to Daystrom Station. Titan talks to Daystrom Station, but the ship showed up. Yep. Um, Another thing I wanted to bring up to you. Yeah. Um, the section 31 area that we kind of go to, I got, I don't know if you got it, but I kind of got this um, hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy feel when they first landed into that little. Oh, a little room. bit. You know what I, you know what, how, how, you know what I, this is going to be super geeky. I don't know if you ever been, if you ever went to Vegas when the Star Trek experience was there. I didn't, I went to when it was here though, in Florida. Really? Yeah. They, this is when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13. I was, was it the, young. you get beamed up to the Enterprise and yeah. you fight Klingons? By beamed up, you mean you just look at yourself on the screen? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, so it reminded me of the staging area for that ride. Yeah. For that ride. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. I was like, oh, is this a Star Trek Experience reference? <laughs> <laughs> Which, no, it's not. <laughs> but it was, oh, yeah. It definitely, now that you say that, it does. Because, like, I haven't, last time I did that experience, I, honestly, I was, super super young so i can't even remember my dad ended up taking me to it and it was at the science museum here in uh, florida and it was so cool man to like be beamed up and then you see how the sausage is made you're like oh this sucks <laughs> oh so so in i'm gonna gush about the star trek experience real quickly because like i i think about it literally every day of my life um then they they dismantled it in 2008, which I was so I'm still upset about. Um, I, I will I will be upset about that for the rest of my life. But I I went to I went to Vegas a lot as a kid, and okay. because my mom had a conference there, because my mom would would do stuff with like fitness conferences at Vegas, and my dad and I would go to the Hilton, uh, okay. where they had two beautiful starships hanging over over the entryway and That's as you cool. walked in was a timeline of all the star trek events up until that time and all up until that that time and then you would get a picture taken and you'd be put into like the crew the crew photos and then you would you and then initially there was just one ride it was called the klingon encounter and you would get into the staging area and then you would it, it was, it would go black and you would hear whooshing and you would hear the, and then you would, and then the, the place, the, the wall in front of you would disappear and you were on the transporter pad on the enterprise D. That's cool. That is so cool. And, and then it's like, Hey, we're the enterprise come to the bridge. So then you go to the bridge and then Riker would be on the view screen with Jordy and be like, Hey, Captain Picard's missing. And we think one of you guys is his ancestor. So we got to get you home. <laughs> and then you would get on a shuttle and you would like and then like the shuttle would be like a back to the future ride on that yes or the simpsons ride i guess it is now god i'm old um and <laughs> so then you would and then you'd it'd fly man it was so cool and then they set up a second ride called the borg encounter okay yeah i never had the borg at all so, so the borg encounter was really cool because it was kind of the same thing but you would go on a space station as you would enter a space station as the Borg were attacking the space station. That's cool. And it that became kind so of this cool. like horror. That's uh, probably experience. so intense as a kid. I was terrified of it. <laughs> it's terrified. You don't want to get assimilated? Like, come on now. I was 15 and terrified. 
Anyway, I'm sorry. It's a lot of fun memories with the Star Trek experience. For sure, for sure. Okay. You, <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, do you want to talk about the big the big reveal or second big reveal that we get at the end when we do see the away team kind of getting to the central hub after they've like they've gone through, they saw Moriarty, who was uh, a figment of this this like security well, he system. Was, he wasn't Moriarty. Not as we know it. He was no, a hol- he was a holographic representation of the Moriarty that we that we met in next in next gen. Yes, which I love. That was such a good callback. That was a really good callback. There's a lot of really really cool callbacks. Let's talk about the Easter eggs real quickly because they got Kirk's body. Yes, in that in that station. Yes, they've got um they've got an attack triple. They've got a Genesis two. Uh, what else did I see? The Thetan radiation was really interesting. Um, there's. There's of course the end. We got Picard's body, right? Well, we learned that there's Picard's body. Apparently, Archer's body is also there. Do they just have? Are they just collecting bodies of Enterprise captains? I just remember seeing like the the monitor on the side, and it was. I literally kept rewinding it to try to read what it was saying on the first body. Someone, someone online, I think, has transcribed it. But uh, anyway, um, there's a lot of really cool Easter eggs in that, um, and then obviously Moriarty being an Easter egg himself. but one of the things I really like about, you know, we keep hearing this like note, this like musical note, and the Riker can, Riker igno- can like says what the notes are. I really liked using his musical experience to solve this problem. Yes. That's never been done before. It's never, it, I mean, he's a musician. He plays, he plays the trumpet. Yes, he does. Or trombone. Trombone, maybe? One of them. I think he plays. Tr- he plays a musician. He plays he, a brass instrument. He plays a, he plays a he plays an instrument and he so like he but we never really get his music the, the fact that he would know music that well uh, that well and so like the fact that not only did he recognize it as music and he, because he recognizes the notes and then he realizes wait a second I know exactly what this is. Yes, and it was so cool. The, what I liked was so there's only what two universal languages or maybe three. I think it's what love math and music are the three universal languages. Yeah, I guess so. So the fact that they were able to put that in there as a universal language and have that, it was so cool, man. It was, and he, and the flashback that we got of Riker, young Riker was so awesome. I don't think we needed the flashback, but oh, I, we needed it. We needed I, it. I don't know. I kind of looked at it like, this is a little bit like you're, this is more telling, not showing. I got you. Um, but I'm 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 here for it. I don't mind. Um, mm-hmm. Babyface Riker, um, <laughs> and and uh, Jonathan Frakes is excellent in this episode, as he is. But did I ever tell you who my favorite Star Trek character is? Yes, you did. Plenty of times. It's, it's Riker. It's 100% Riker, and I'm and I'm. We're getting so much great Riker material in this season that I'm just like. Thank you, Terry Metalis, for feeding me so well. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, he, he, his banter with Worf, and he's just kind of like, uh, you know, he, he he's like a kid in a candy shop when it comes to yeah. Worf. He's like, hey, we're like old times. Hey, you want to you want to like jab back and forth? Why aren't you Why aren't you jabbing back? He's like, I'm a pacifist. <laughs> but he's still like, he's still like teasing Worf. He's got that like wicked grin on his face when he like yeah. l- leads him over. Um, and, and he's, and he's kind of having fun even when he's captured because spoiler alert, he gets captured. Yes. Uh, 
by Vatic, uh, he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to sell out Captain Picard. You, yeah. uh, kill me. I'm not going to do this. <laughs> um, but let's talk about before we get to data. Okay. Let's talk about the Fleet Museum. Okay. Because I love Starship's Cookie. Oh, I know. And I when I saw what was on display and the fact that we had Seven kind of go and talk to Jack and kind of like quiz him on these ships. I'm like, Brandon's probably just like, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. <sighs> it was so just like the the Defiant and then the DS9 theme yeah. playing over yes, it. That, oh, once that hit, I was like, <sighs> yes. Um, the... So they they talk about uh, Jack has this moment where he's gushing about and Jack's a con- uh, Jack's a Jack's a starship guy too and I'm really happy about that. Um, <laughs> but he, when they pop up the Enterprise A, yeah, where you know the Enterprise A is there and 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 it looks like the Enterprise A. It's not some weird modern update of the Enterprise A. It's just the Enterprise A. Um, and it and we even see it in an old original series Constitution class. Yes. Not the re not the redesign from Strange New Worlds of Discovery. Um, and you know, he's he's talking about how great the Enterprise, how great the Constitution class, and he's like, I've always been a Constitution guy. And I'm like, me too, Jack. Me too. Um <laughs> and and uh he and I really loved like we're getting the theme songs for it. We're we get the any ship that wasn't destroyed ends up in the fleet museum. If it's a legendary ship. bird of prey, even not just any bird of prey, the HMS bounty. Yes. That which, was lost in the water with the invisibility cloak on. Are you kidding me? Cookie. Are you kidding me that the HMS <laughs> bounty was in this ship Dude, in the damn show? That, that was so cool. And they're like, yeah, it was so hard to find it because. The invi- and I was like, because what? the cloaking device kicked on. What? And I was just like, I was, I was, I was floored because Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home is a great movie, but no way did I expect to see a reference of that of that movie in this show. Yes. Um. And uh, but like, not just that, not just that. I want to guess about the about the bounty in a minute. But like, there's the Voyager, and then the Voyager yes. theme plays, and a beautiful moment, great moment between Jack and and Seven talking okay. about the Voyager. Um, they they make canon the NX01 refit, mm-hmm. uh, which is briefly seen in 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 the episode. Um, do you know the history of the NX01 refit? I don't. So you know the NX01, right? Yes. The the ship, the the lead ship, the hero ship of Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, for its fifth season, it was supposed to get a refit where it was going to add a star drive section. Okay. Uh, to kind of more closely match it to the Kirk Enterprise, and it's okay. going to be like well, now we're seeing how that how that kind of like flat ship became the Constitution class ships that would be Starfleet's bread and butter mm-hmm. in the next century. But because the show was canceled, it never happened. But Star but Star Trek Enterprise also has a really shitty finale episode that is set ten years after that after the after the the, the uh, after the show ends. Mm-hmm. Where the Enterprise, where the NXL one isn't refitted. So what they've done is they have done the best thing possible, which is retcon the shit out of that horrible finale. And now this will be the finale for them. 
Well, no, it's now 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 we know that the NX01 was refitted, um, which is beautiful because it's a beautiful design. I love it dearly, um, just because I'm a Constitution guy. Um, it's great, but the you know Terry Mattel is like this tweet because I was talking about people were talking like, oh, does this wreck on the finale? It's like really it doesn't because the finale of Enterprise isn't actually the finale of Enterprise. It's a hologram. Yeah in the next generation. So it could have been extrapolated and things could have been changed. It, we can't really take the information in that episode at face value, AKA tripped in the die. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but so Gorkon's Gorkon's ship isn't, is in there. There's a few other ships. I think the original stargazer, uh, yeah, Picard I stargazer. Talked about it briefly. I, I, I think isn't, is there, it's at least a constellation class starship. If it's not the stargazer. But so the HMS Bounty, being by the way so famous as the whale incident, is wonderful. Um, and it, you see the the gears turning in Jack's head, like, so the cloaking device works, huh? Exactly. And once <laughs> I saw that, I was like, yeah, buddy, make it happen. Uh, I really like the idea that like Sydney and Alondra uh, and Jack are. Jack's like, so how would you guys feel about some a little petty larceny? Right. If you want to go steal something. Did you did you like the dynamic between Jack and Sydney and this little like flirtatious like I'm, love I'm here, thing happening? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'll I'm, be I am too. I'm like she's actually kind of cute and he's a good looking guy and like yeah. And then you see you see Jordy kind of like stay, stay with, with my, my daughter. daughter. <laughs> I loved it. Because, I loved it so much. And I I, I really like that Jordy is like yeah you you did what I would have done. Yeah. I'm not mad. I'm proud. Like you, mm-hmm. I'm, I was initially mad. I love their realization of Picard and Jordy's like, you, like Jordy's like, you stole a cloaking device from my bird of prey. And Picard's like, I would never do this. And they both have the realization. Oh shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's our kids. Sydney and our, yeah, Sydney and Jack up to it again. That was so um, good. Yeah. And it's a great way to keep Starfleet to off their tail. Just put on a cloaking device. Um, so then they go back. By the way, that shot, I just wanted to real quickly gush about the shot where they're beaming, beaming them off the Daystrom station. It's beautiful. We saw oh, it in yeah. the trailer, but it's just so cool at the with the ship flying over the Titan and yes. then flying through. So cool. Great, great stuff. The vision is this this series has been so not serious, sorry. This season, season has been visually stunning. Yeah, it looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I have I have not seen a moment where I was like, mm, that CGI is not great. Everything looks pristine and perfect and it's wonderful. But one of the things I want I forgot to mention about the fleet museum real quickly, and then I'll get off of it because I can gush about starships for like hours. Um, is that like, thanks to the fleet museum, this doesn't feel like a show made in the vacuum of this is modern star Trek now. So we're updating the aesthetics. We're updating everything. This feels like a show made after the next generation like yeah. it feels like we have up we, yes we've updated the, te- the tech only because the world within star trek has progressed not because Correct. our world has yes and I, I i like that a lot and it's just more of like a respect to the legacy of what star trek has been and yeah. how it kind of keeps progressing forward in a sense yeah because you look at like strange new worlds which is a show i love but strange new yeah, worlds cool. is very much like strange new worlds is a show that is made with the sensibility like our technology has evolved, so we can't have this ship look like it did in the '60s. Yeah, but we see a Constitution class show a ship from the '60s mm-hmm. because 
in this timeline, yeah, that's what that looks like. But it was, yeah. Um, I love that ship design, by the way. So good. They really nailed it back then. They really yeah, nailed they did it. some really good stuff. All right. Anyway, so so Daystrom Station. Let's talk about it. It's not just lore, like no. we thought. It's yes. data. It, it, it's more than just data. And B four. It's yeah, exactly. It's all and it's more than B four. You're right. They say it's lull. It's B four. It's da- lull. By the way, great, 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 great reference. Pull. Yeah. Um, lore data before lull, and when we see data activated, Sung. Sung. Yes, I was gonna say Sung comes in and gives off like it was so good. Like the his little final message that he had kind of really reassured who data was as not an android but as a person yeah and he was the best out of all of them and you know talking about legacy which is what the season is really about the legacy of these characters like alton sung has this moment where he's like you know i I, before i gifted the golem to picard i wanted to be my own legacy but that's not what legacy is legacy is again what they grow beyond correct what 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 our children become what we impart on our children that is our legacy and if I selfishly stayed alive. I could not, I could not have a legacy because I would just be me. Yeah. And so he kept the Sung legacy going by being like, what were the kids of Nunyan Sung? It's data before me and lore. and lore. Lore. Yeah. Put them all together, make something new because that was the original intent. If we put them all in here, we would make something new. All these personalities, all these things. The idea was that they would mix and they would they would mix and they would and they would come out different and hopefully better. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't necessarily work. And now no, they're just kind of sectioned off within the positronic brain. And Brent Spiner is incredible. Yes. At just telling you exactly who he is with just a look. Yeah instant like you can tell which character is which at that at that given second he has that ability to switch and it's like dude you haven't played this character in so long like you really haven't played this character in so long like yes we had him in in picard season one and that was great or season two and that was fine and dandy but playing multiple people in split second intervals and changing between all three and back and forth that's difficult. Yeah. And Brent Spiner is a really good actor. He's always kind of been wasted on Star Trek, honestly. Um, but he's all, it's always so great to see him kind of like act and, and yeah. really like, you know, he does have very, he does have distinct personalities for each of these androids, for each of these characters that he's played. Mm-hmm. And to see him kind of play all of them and cycle through in a really quick, in really quick succession. Correct. Um, it was really, it was really interesting. But it's such a beautiful moment when they switch him on. And he sees Jordy. Yes. That that glitter in his light, in his eyes, dude. When that happened, oh, it was just like, best friend, you're here. And I've said it before, but like we didn't really get a lot of Jordy and Data friendship in the Star Trek movies. Yeah. We got it in, in Next Generation a lot, of course, but yeah. Yeah, in the but movies, by the they time the, weren't there. The, by the time the movies rolled around, it was Picard and Data. Yeah. But to see them, to see these friends again reconnect after so good. all this time, because Jordy wasn't there the second time that Data died. Correct. 
I wasn't sure how okay I would be with them bringing back Data, considering I've seen this character die twice. Mm -hmm. But because they kind of make the case of like, no, he's not just Data. He's something new. Yeah. Then I'm kind of like, okay, I'm 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 rolling with this now. I'm actually really happy to see this because you can also rectify the wrongs of the movies, which is putting Data and Jordy together in a way that could be really interesting. Mm -hmm. But what did they steal from Daystrom Institute? We've already talked about it a little bit, but like they stole, they stole Picard's body. Picard's body, yeah. Now that brings us to the big question: is like why? why? Yeah. What is so special about his body? Why you want to? One one is what's so special? Why you want to preserve it or preserve yeah. all of these bodies? For God knows, I don't. I'm surprised that they didn't have like I don't know, like Walt Disney in one of the vaults. That would have been hilarious. Oh, it's it's you know it's in the different it's a different area. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's in section thirty two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's so it's so weird because like Picard's body specifically is interesting because if they wanted to. If they wanted to become a changeling, if they wanted to like infiltrate Frontier Day as Picard, well, you just change into Picard and you do You're it good. because yeah. these changelings can pass an inspection now. With blood and all that stuff, yeah. So it makes sense that you just so they need something else. But what do they want with a ninety-six-year-old body with the erotic syndrome? Yeah, that's weird. That's interesting to me. Um, there's there's a lot of questions which I, I like. I like the fact that we still do have these mysteries that are still escaping us that we're still longing for uh, a result for. And, and the reason is, is because we've been getting answers. Yeah. So it's good that we're still, we still have questions moving into the next, we're not have that many episodes left. Um, uh, I think it was like three, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, four, four. Okay. Um, and we still have questions to take us into the last four episodes, but, and we're okay with that because we, we also have plenty of answers to the questions we've been asking for the in the first six. Yeah, correct. Um, which is why, again, this episode works for me because it does pick up the pace and it does, mm -hmm. um, and it and it and it and it moves the plot forward and and we learn more information and we understand a bit more. Um, Deanna comes back. Deanna yeah. finally, we're getting her back, and that's because of. Riker is now being interrogated and they're using people that are close to Picard to try to, I guess, for some reason, trying to get to Picard and or Jack. Yeah. Well, they want to know where Picard would go. So they, again, there's something interesting about these changelings that they don't seem to want to change into Picard's friends. Yeah. Like if I, I were Picard. One is very much a changeling just kind of playing the role. Yeah, that's a good point. It'd be interesting to see um, immediately because, like, if I saw Deanna on this Changeling ship and I was Riker, I would not say it's Deanna. I would be like, oh, Changeling. Yeah, I, I would instantly I'd figure out, like, something that we only know that the Changeling wouldn't know. Yeah. Why did Thad die? Exactly. Because you were a bad mom. No, I'm kidding. Because <laughs> <laughs> you let him barf on all the shit. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm really happy with this episode. Let me run through some real quick, some real quick stuff. Uh, there's a conference room scene where they're planning the daystrom. Uh, Picard the daystrom. sitting down, relaxing. Picard sitting down. He sits down a lot in this episode. It's he funny. Does. 
I like the line, by the way, where he's like, when, when Riker's like, do you know how many, when, not Riker, Jordy, do you know how many treaties this violates? Like, well, we'll just have to add it to my tab. <laughs> because Picard is, at this point, Picard's 96 years old. He's he's a little cocky. He's like, yeah. we're trying to save Starfleet. It's it's And we need about it. help. It's like an old senile, like, old adult. They're like, well, if I get in trouble, what are they going to do? Lock me up? Sentence me to jail? Like, right, I'm already anyway. it is. I'm going to die soon anyway. What do I yeah. care? Um, but like he, but he's saying is like, we need your help, Jordy. Mm-hmm. And, and Jordy finally realizing that, yeah, okay. I need to help my family. Yeah. Um, but, uh, there's a, there's a line that I really like where, where, where Picard says, so we need to burgle the manifest at day. At day so, and Rag is like, excellent use of the word excellent burgle. <laughs> Um, he, because he's so good that's such a good line and then Shaw has like a yeah it was <laughs> this is like a, a yeah it was good look um, by the way I, I haven't talked about it like this but uh, one of the things I, I really like about Star Trek is how wrong everybody sits in, sh- in chairs yeah um, everyone's everyone's got like a lean like the Riker lean or uh, um, uh, that's really that's really the most famous one but Shaw if you notice like Shaw like hunches over in his chair because mm-hmm. it's uncomfortable for him. Because he's an engineer, he's not a captain. He's yeah, he's not used to it. Um, I like that. I like that that character trait of like I'm used to working with my hands. I'm not quite comfortable in the captain's chair. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I wrote, wrote Beverly hugs everyone, which is nice. You haven't yeah. seen these people in twenty years, though. It's kind of your fault. Yeah, yeah. You've been um, hiding. Oh, uh, Alondra says. Uh, what about the thing in hangers in hangar 12? What do you think's in hangar 12? That's a great question. Some people have speculated it's the D. The D. The Enterprise D. That's a big that, hanger. That is a big hanger. But like that's <laughs> the original it's the original space stock. It could hold it. Yeah. Um the um so all the ships in in the fleet museum are ships that weren't destroyed, like destroyed, like ships that were either damaged or um, were retired from service. The Enterprise D isn't there because it was destroyed, um, because it fell in the in the saucer section landed on the planet. The Enterprise E isn't there though. What the hell happened to the Enterprise E? Did that thing blow not, up? I was gonna say unless it's just like on the back end of the the space dock. No, we see the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we see the whole ring. So, so the idea would be that, like, if you're not in that, if you're not in that fleet museum, then probably you're destroyed. Or, I mean, I guess you could be inside. Yeah. Um, there could be exhibits inside also. But to not have the E there, I'm wondering because, like, when they were first doing the show, when they first started the show, they had like these log entries of like the history of the Enterprise, and they said that the final mission of the Enterprise E was classified. I wonder if that ship was destroyed. Or maybe it was like destroyed on paper. Oh, maybe. And also, like, I, I'm I'm waiting because I want to I want to know if this show will give us answers about what happened to Enterprise E. Did Picard? It was originally. There's a book that came out that when Picard became an admiral, the Enterprise E was still in service. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's not canon anymore. And they would say that Picard became an admiral because the Enterprise E was decommissioned. And we know for about maybe three years after nemesis the enterprise e was in service because that's what beverly and picard talk about with all their 
uh, with all the the missions that were preventing Beverly from telling him it was they were pregnant. Mm-hmm. So anyway, just speculation. This is a really good episode, though. Yeah, uh, I really liked it. Uh, I think I don't have many more notes. I don't think I have any more notes. It's good to see Worf and Rif- Worf and Riker together. Raffi's fun in this episode. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, Jack and Sydney, that cute. Yeah, we already said that. Okay, that's all I got. Sounds good, my friend. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? I, I'm good. I'm I'm excited for the show and how it's how it's concluding. Four more episodes. Yeah. Do you think they can pull it off? I definitely I definitely do. I think if if they don't, there's gonna be a lot of people upset. A lot of people will be upset. Fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. Fool me three times, I might kill myself. <laughs> um, no, I, I this episode, now that we have kind of gone over the hump of the show of this of this season, mm-hmm. I don't have any reason to think they can't pull this off. Yeah. Maybe the ending won't be entirely satisfactory, but I don't believe it will be bad. Mm-hmm. I think we'll actually get it. I think we will be able to look back on the season as a really good season and smile. Yeah. And smile. Like, yeah, you guys did good. You guys did it. Yeah. You, you, you sent off my favorite characters, my family in yes, a way that was in a way that honored them. Correct. Love Cause it. Cause that's what, that's what it felt like when the first trailer dropped. Mm-hmm. Buddy, I cried when the first trailer dropped because I, my family was back. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's really, it's beautiful moments. And, and I'm glad to say that every time these characters are on screen, it is engaging and it is fun and it is exactly like that. It is, it is them. Yeah. It feels like them. They're getting things to do that I never thought I'd see again. I love it. I'm really happy. With I'm right season. there with you. All right. So that'll do it. Cookie. Sweet deal. Why don't you plug your stuff? All right. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, just little podcasts on Twitter, just podcasting, um i will be dropping some news coming up this tuesday on a brand new episode brandon actually knows about it so it's gonna be some interesting news that i'll be dropping uh so stay tuned for that um yeah that's about it for me it's sad news guys it's sad it is is, it's bittersweet news bittersweet Uh i'm i'm (laughs) i want to give a speech on your last episode and i'm working on it (laughs) If you do, let me know. I will because I send you the link so that you can add it in there. Um, oh yeah, maybe. Uh, you, you remember the uh, remember the beginning of Star Trek Nemesis when he's talking to when he's giving the speech to yes. to Riker, um, and he says, "But have you two considered what you are doing to me? <laughs> it's not about you; it's about me." That's how I feel right now. I uh, I can understand. No, it's 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 good news though. I'm ha- I'm happy for you. Thank you, sir. Uh, all right, so that'll do it, guys. That's another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard. Down the drain. Um, we're all really happy with it. I, I hope that you guys watching this or listening to this are also really happy with it. Um, and if not, I hope you guys enjoy talk, hearing us talk about it. Because um, <laughs> we spend an hour and 10 minutes on an episode that is only 50 minutes. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's yeah. a, it, it, there's so much to unpack. It's hard to make it a there was a, This was a chunky episode. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we missed something, but whatever. Um, 
so that'll do it um guys there's of course there's plenty more things to check out on this channel if you guys are indeed watching this on this channel you can check out other fake nerds watch shows that have been recorded before plenty of star trek shows with cookie and myself uh you can go back and check out the back catalog of or you can check out the sister show of this show, which is The Mandalorian Season 3. The first episode of that show is out now, um, where we cover the first three episodes. Excuse me. Uh, we cover the first three episodes of The Mandalorian Season 3. And then the next one will be the next three, and then we'll end it with two. Um, so just kind of a compressed Mandalorian series. Um, so that'll that that's that, guys. And then we have also Basement Arcade, which is a video game show. Basement Arcade Pause, mini video game uh, discussion show. Animation Station uh Fickner book club and tr fun stuff coming up at the Fickner book club soon uh i i i unfortunately had to find a replacement for this guy sorry. But, <laughs> um but fun stuff coming for the Fickner book club soon i hope to i hope to announce i hope to announce pretty soon um but uh and then of course our new show the real score is coming soon um you can check out that uh, where we talk about music by the way music in the season music in this episode excellent um Absolutely so many wonderful theme songs um but uh you can hear me talk about more about music on the real score podcast um we're on we got patreon we got a t public if you'd like to support us financially you can do that there otherwise you know make sure to like this video subscribe to this channel um rate and review us on all the social on all the places you're finding this online um uh you can find us on fakener podcast on all the social medias fakenerpodcast.com we can find everything including some writings i do um yeah, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for AtomicGeekdom.com, KaijuRamenMedia.com, and CBR.com. A couple of Star Trek pieces if you're in the mood. Uh, yeah, Cookie? Uh, I don't do any writing, so you can't find any of my writing. Why not? I don't. I, I really... Uh, okay, so I've been... I do have a book potentially in the works, but that's that's down the line. Way down the line. I've been asked to... You be don't talk author. to me enough. <laughs> I've been asked to be an author in a book of a collection of short stories so i am i it's been a year process of me writing a short you, story but i'm writing one you let me know when that's coming okay i will buy thank that you. thank you sir i appreciate it <laughs> um but yeah i'm just on social media on just a little podcast um i show off comic books show off my toys or just random stuff if you want to go and chat with me on there you can if you want to chat with me on twitter don't worry about it because just head back <laughs> over to instagram and you can chat with me there so all right um four more episodes left cookie bittersweet yes, but i'm excited to see the finale of the, the the next four episodes um and until next time you see us guys live long and prosper absolutely and may the force be with us all oh no <laughs>